If I was to ask you, uh, what's the book of Romans about? If you were going to sum it up in a short... I think I would say um, it's pointed out that all people have sinned okay. and the way to the sinner's death. But then there's um, a way of escape in that. Um, okay. There's salvation. And it talks about our baptism in chapter 6. Okay. So uh, we all need to realize that we are sinners. And Paul brings that out, doesn't he, at the very beginning. In the very first chapter, though, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's God's plan for us to have a remedy for that problem which we have. So uh, he goes from there telling us about the uh, blessings in chapter 8. Chapter 9, though, gets into some problems, doesn't it? And who's he talking about there in chapter 9 and 10? I think he was dealing more, he was dealing more with the Jewish Christians, wasn't he? Yes. And how they had a problem. They looked at themselves as God's chosen people, didn't they? Which they were. But what happened? They couldn't keep the law. They were trying to pin the law on the Christians. Okay. But did they keep the law? No, they couldn't keep the law. No. And what did they substitute for the law? Their traditions. Okay. Those traditions were more important than what God had said. So as uh, we go on and Chapter 10, uh, he talks about uh, a quotation from looking at our lesson book here. A quotation from Isaiah describing the nation of Israel as a disobedient and contrary uh, people. What's the word contrary mean? Argumentative? Okay. Not Work for that. Okay. Many times it's, I know better than you do. Uh, but the problem here is they were saying that to God. And they didn't, those who attempted to follow the word, uh, there was a remnant of them that God saved, 7,000, as he told Elijah. So uh, with that said, let's uh, look again at the uh, uh, text for this lesson in Romans chapter 11 and verse 1. And it begins by saying, I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know that the scripture says of Elijah, 
how he pleaded with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer great. Sorry, I'm repeating myself here. Verse 7. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. So as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not See ears that they should not hear to this very day. And David said, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their backs always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But though they fall to the, provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now if they fall, their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentile, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles in so much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. For if their being cast away is, recon is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruits is holy, the lump also is holy. If the root, uh, if the root is holy, so is the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, with them became a partaker of the root, and the fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of the unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell, severity, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness.
Otherwise, you will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off uh, out of the olive tree, which was wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion. That blindness is part, in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them. I take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the Father. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For you, uh, for as you were once disobedient to God, you have now obtained mercy through their disobedience. Even so, these who have now become disobedient, that through the mercy shown to you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that, they, that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. So what was happening to the Jews as we enter this chapter? For part of it, it sounds like some of the Gentiles maybe were thinking they were better than the Jews. Okay. And that's, that's the wrong idea. <laughs> and as we go on, we're going to see where we can be lost eternally also. We've got to remember what God has said and follow that, and not what I think or you think or someone else thinks. But we need to take the word of God. We have received the grace of God, haven't we? And because of that, we've been grafted in, as he uses the example here, and we shouldn't look down our nose to those who have made mistakes, should we? The Jews had done that, hadn't they? But it's possible for them to come back, wasn't it? Yeah, they could it actually made it sound like it was easier for them to come back in a way, because yeah. they would be natural branches. Yes. Yes. So we need to be careful. 
just as they needed to be careful. Go ahead. I just kind of wonder, if it must have been very hard for the, the Jews to see this come about because they had so much leadership and they were in control of religion and now everybody had the same status. They didn't have the high priest, they didn't have the priest, they didn't have the Sanhedrin, they didn't have the Pharisees and Sadducees, that's all gone. Okay. And it must have been hard to uh, give all that up because it was prestigious. And we see that it was very hard because some of them didn't do it, did they? They wanted to hold on to their traditions. Well, we're God's chosen people. Do you know who we are? We're the child of the king. Yeah, so they thought they were above the Gentiles. But Paul's trying to get them to see that now we're all the same, aren't we? Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace of God, we're on the same level, aren't we? I'm no better than anyone else, and they're no better than me, as long as I follow what he says. Then I can be right in his sight, sight and uh, receive the blessing. So with that said, let's uh, go to our... Uh, lesson sheets here and see what we can get into for the next little while. Uh, it says here, Paul concluded chapter 10 with a quotation from Isaiah describing the nation of Israel as a disobedient and contrary people. He began chapter 11 by giving several examples to show that despite this, Re rebellion and uh, despite this rebellion, God has uh, not totally rejected his people. Uh, when the gen when Paul went to a synagogue and he uh, preached the word there, what was he hoping for? Now, he wasn't using the law any longer. He was hoping they would receive the word. Okay. See what the grace of God now is. He was preaching the gospel to them. When they rejected that, what did he do? He wiped off the dust of his feet and he went on. He went on to? Someone else. And in particular, who? Gentiles. Okay. <laughs> now, as we go on here, we're going to see the purpose of one of the reasons for this was to make Israel jealous. God's now received those who we've totally rejected throughout time. They have received God's grace, and now I'm no longer what I used to be. So they became jealous for that. What, has, what God has done, however, is to harden the hearts of the rebellious Israelites. When God hardened 
anyone's heart, what was the purpose of that? Okay. There's consequences. We can even go back to Pharaoh when the people, God told Pharaoh through Moses to let his people go. And God said, I've chosen you to be the leader over the, this land. But Pharaoh chose not to listen to what God said. He gave him several uh, plagues change his mind. And so he continuously rebelled against what God said and what Moses brought to him. And then the final plague was the killing of the firstborn. Now, that affected him personally, didn't it? He might have not had to, uh, or experienced firsthand some of the other plagues, but that one he did. And so then he finally let the people go. What's the purpose of people's hearts being hardened now? What's God want? He wants us to obey because we love him. Okay. then our heart needs to be changed, doesn't it? And he's not going to make us do that. This has got to be a choice on our part, doesn't it? We've got to obey God because we want to. We'll have to experience some bad things sometimes because of the choices we made. But we made that choice, didn't we? Now, if we make the choice to follow God and do what he says, then we can have the blessings, can't we? And the Jews could likewise, even though their hearts were hardened. And they were made jealous because the gospel was taken to the Gentiles. This was to cause them to uh, see what God did want for all of us. We need to repent, change our lives, and obey him. And uh, he, as uh, we noticed in uh, Romans chapter 8, that if God is for us, who can be against us? But we've got to change and become who he wants us to be. Trust and obey. I have to get back to that song because it spells it out in terms that we can understand. Um, 
But going back to our uh, lesson books here, it says in that second paragraph, but the outcome of the hardening led to salvation coming to the Gentiles, which in turn God was using to provoke Israel to jealousy and attempt to win them back to him. God didn't want them to be lost, did he? The same as he doesn't want us to be lost. But we make the choice, don't we? This is also why Paul magnified his ministry to the Gentiles, hoping to save some of his countrymen by provoking them to jealousy. When they didn't receive what he said as he first went to the synagogue, then he went to the Gentiles. And he was hoping that would provoke them to jealousy. Paul then directs his attention to the Gentile believers, explaining that their obedience allowed them to be grafted into uh, Israel to replace those removed by their own disobedience. This grafting, however, it, this grafting, however, is permanent only as long as they remain faithful. Uh, in addition, uh, if any Israelites repent of their unbelief, they too can be grafted back in. So still, the door is still open to them, but it has to be their choice, doesn't it? And he wanted the Gentiles to see that they had been grafted in. It's not a natural way of grafting when take something that was uh, wild and grafted into a cultivated uh, tree. But uh, the Gentiles were allowed to be grafted in because that's what God has now provided for all of us. As Paul draws to a conclusion, he explains that this is how all Israel will be saved. What's that term all Israel here mean? Now we know what it originally meant. What's it mean now? In this case, if we're all grafted all of us, God's people, those who obeyed the gospel. So, uh, I believe that he's saying that all Israel is God's chosen people now. And they will be saved as long as they remain faithful. Uh, through a hardening in part, mercy can be shown to the Gentiles, and by showing mercy to the Gentiles, mercy will be available to disobedient Israel. In this way, Paul can say that God has committed them all to disobedience that they might have, that he might have mercy on all, proving that God is no respecter of person and makes his plan of salvation available to all. And at the very at very end of this chapter, we see that Paul does what? Talks about the wisdom and knowledge of God and how 
how great that is. Now, where he says unsearchable, or un, maybe unknowable, maybe be a unfathomable, unfathomable. So maybe hard to understand. It's God's wisdom and knowledge. At the end of the chapter. Ends that section then with a uh, song of praise, praising the wisdom and knowledge of God, doesn't he? Singing praise for that which he has done for man. We're going to have to close again. We'll try to get into the outline next week. Any questions or comments before we close? If you think about children, this idea of jealousy, yeah. if you have a child and he has a toy and he's like, I don't want any girls down, and then you hand uh, another child a toy, that first child who threw that toy down and rejected it, he'll now want what that child has. Yeah. And it's kind of like that here with the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews rejected this wonderful gift, and they don't want that. And the other one is given it, and then it's like, oh, hey, I want that. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. Well, that was mine. You can't have it. That's a good comparison there. That helps us to see what God was trying to do here. He didn't want anyone to be lost. But they couldn't have uh, salvation and eternal life the way they were going. And so he used the Gentiles to bring the Jews back. God is our father and parent. He understands that we are like children and that the Jews will be behaving that way too. Sure. Anything else before we close? Thank you.